and welcome to the Sacred City Life podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, pastor of Sacred City Church in Davenport, Iowa. And this podcast is for the members of our church, and it's to help them follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And today we're going to be doing um, another segment of the podcast that we're calling Theology for Everyone. And we are just slowly... Um, week after week, working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith, um, one of the oldest and simplest systematic theologies. So to, to, to give you a well-rounded and accurate view of the scriptures, and maybe to think about some things that you uh, have never really thought about before. And that's, that's our goal for this podcast. And for this podcast, I've got um, my pastoral residencies, uh, residence uh, joining me today, so say hi, guys. What's going What's on? Up? And I've also got Joel. Joel back again. Joel back again. He didn't screw the podcast up, so we <laughs> we invited him back. Um, but Kevin is um, Kevin's got the cooties. Kevin's got cooties, Ooh. or his roommate had cooties. Uh oh. His roommate. The COVID cooties. The COVID cooties. Uh-huh. Well, we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Everything is. I woke up, my knee hurts. I have COVID. <laughs> I can't go to work. <laughs> Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Has there ever been a time in the history of my life where all you have to say is, the ultimate excuse. I have an owie. It's so the new thing to having a baby. Two weeks yeah. Dude. Yeah. All right. Here's, I'm about to go off here. <laughs> here so go. Ben texted me, my assistant Ben. Love Ben. I wouldn't be alive and healthy today without Ben. He said, but, okay, here's the deal. I, I'm leaving on sabbatical, right? In, in ju- July, early July. I'm leaving on sabbatical. We're going... And we're, uh, right, we're about to go inside, right? Leaving from the tent, going inside. What does Ben do? Ben, ben gets around some cooties. So now yeah. Ben can't come inside. He's got to take two weeks off, can't come <laughs> inside. <Vacation> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, when the cat's away, the mice will play. See, I go out of town, and look what Ben does. All right, now he, here's the thing. I love my brother. I give him grace, right? Problem is, look where we are eight weeks later. Mm-hmm. Eight weeks later, we're about to go back in business, about to go inside, about to go inside. What's my boy do? Gets around some cooties last week. Yeah. What's he, he calls me, Justin, Friday, Justin. I got around the cooties. I said, don't give me that. You, I know you're immune to them. Your wife already had it. You didn't get it. You're immune to it, bro. He said, nope. Doc says I got to stay quarantined for two weeks. I say, two weeks? Go get tested. Doc says if I test and I get tested negative, I still have to be quarantined for two weeks. Hmm. Tell me the science behind this. Yeah. Now, now I'm rolling at jujitsu. You got the cooties. No, dude. <laughs> but all these guys, all my guy, all my buddies at jujitsu, they're all playing the system. They work at Iconic. They work at Deer. They work at the casino. They work in all these places, and they're literally like, they're joking about it. They're like, they get choked out. They're, they woke up with a sore throat because they got choked out. They call in. They get two weeks paid <laughs> off, crazy. no matter what. Yeah. The old excuse used to be just like, ah, I think like in nine months, I'm not going to want to do anything. Let's have a baby. And it's like the excuse to get out of everything <laughs> for the next year. Off, it's like, sorry, my baby's acting up. I got to go or got to put the kids down. Now it's COVID. Dude. <laughs> have so, a unique opportunity to take advantage of both that's of right. right now. No, and if I don't want to make light. Hey, I'm not making light. I'm not making light of COVID. But we all know everybody's using this right now to get some two weeks off for free. You know what I mean? 
they want to get, they want to level up in Call of Duty. So they, I woke up, and it's the strangest things now. People are telling me, oh, there's like, oh, my back hurts. I'm like, did you work out yet? Why is your, I, oh, is that a COVID symptom now? Oh, your ear hurts. Oh, this hurts. Everything's a COVID symptom these days. Oh man. Gotta be extra cautious. Yeah, yeah. First. Yeah, right. So, anyways. I don't even know how we got on that. Mm-mm. Oh, with the cooties or something. Somehow cooties. we brought up cooties. But um, I apologize for my uh, for my negativity when it when it when it comes to um, all my employees trying to get two weeks off, <laughs> multiple weeks in a row. <laughs> I'm next. You're next. <laughs> Tag team. Oh my gosh! All right. So we are working our way through the Westminster Confession of Faith. We are in chapter two of God and the Holy Trinity. Finally talking about God. We talked about first two sections already last week. And now we're coming to the third section where the Westminster Divines lay out clearly and succinctly what we would call the doctrine of the Trinity. And I want to prepare our listeners right away Um. We're going to hit this, ah, I, I'm going to say, like, if this is the ocean, we're going to get knee deep, okay? Um, and I'll be honest, I, this is about as deep as I can get. I've read multiple systematic theologies, I've read multiple books on the Trinity, and I'm going to kind of give you what I know and what I understand, but this can get in the weeds very easily. Um, we always, you know, people joke, pastors joke, like, or theologians, I guess, joke. Like, if you want, the quickest way to commit heresy is just start talking about the Trinity mm-hmm. and, like, trying to come up with analogies and stuff because um, it's so difficult to understand. This is really where we're getting into God's divine essence and how he's, remember we heard last week, he's incomprehensible. Yeah. That you can never really get your mind around God. You can comprehend some things about God, but once we start talking about the Trinity, you, you, it's, it's, it's beyond comprehension for a, for the fi- for a finite mind. But we're going to do our best. <clears throat> and every single word that they use here is important. And they're not really, inter- we can't really interchange them too much. Um, we're going to get into some really <clears throat> difficult stuff. So let me go ahead and read this section in the Westminster Confession of Faith for us. Try to keep my cigar lit. <clears throat> in the unity of the Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, power, and eternity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The Father is of none, neither begotten nor proceeding. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father. The Holy Ghost, eternally proceeding from the Father and the Son. Okay, complicated. It's really clear at once. When you read through it, you're like, okay, that's clear. Until you want to start trying to explain it or until you want to start getting down in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Then it gets 
It gets complicated. So, let's go back and try to work our way through this uh, line by line and and word by word. In the unity of the Godhead. Okay, so right right away, we, they start off with unity, in, in unity of the Godhead. We're, we're not talking, now we're going to get into the Trinity, but we're not talking about tritheism. They're, they, want, they want to make us aware right away, they're not saying that the Bible, that there's three gods, mm-hmm. right? The Bible teaches that there's three gods, that God the Father is a God, God the Son is a God, God the Holy Spirit is a God, and there, that's, that would be polytheism. Mm-hmm. We've already learned that there is only one God. Our God, he is one. So we see there is unity in the Godhead. There be, this is how they describe it. Three persons of one substance, power, and eternity. So you could say, there, we often say, there are three persons but one essence, one divine essence. So that's what they they all share, one essence, but there's three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Now, before we talk any more about this, let's go to some scriptures and check these out. Who had... um, Matthew three sixteen. That's me. Go ahead. Uh, Matthew three sixteen and seventeen. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, "This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased." Okay, one very common scripture. We see all three. Members of the Trinity doing different things. We see the Son who has taken on flesh and dwelt among us. And we see the Father speaking and affirming the identity of the Son. And we see the Spirit coming down and resting upon the Son. Right? So we see all three there. Um, let's go to, we had Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Joel? Yeah, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Great Commission, right? So it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So here we see we're not just to be baptized in the name of the Father or not just baptized in the name of the Son or not just baptized in the name of the Spirit, but we're to be baptized in in all three of their names and one essence. Again, just a confirmation of Mm -hmm. the Trinity. And I've got 2 Corinthians 13, 14, which is a doxology. And um, as Paul is closing his letter to the Corinthians, he says this, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So the Apostle Paul there, he's putting them all on the same ground. Right, a level playing field in one sentence, yep. affirming their, their their the divinity of all three, and um, and yet three distinct persons. 
Okay. So right away we see this is now how can you have one divine essence and three persons? The short answer is, I don't know. <laughs> this is where you get into problems. Mm. When you say when you say essence, what do you what like what do you mean by that? Mm. Oh gosh. See, this is how you get me into trouble, Bryson. <laughs> okay. There is a difference between essence and existence. Okay? I exist. But if you annihilate me and kill me somehow, I will cease to exist here in this state. I am a, in other words, I am a contingent being. Okay? Everything that exists is contingent, is a secondary being contingent upon the necessary being of God. God's essence is the only thing that's eternal. God, there has never been a time when God wasn't God. God's essence didn't exist. In God's essence, the Father, the Son, the Spirit have eternally co—I co, uh, want to say coexisted, <laughs> but I'm using it in a yeah. different way. Mm-hmm. They've, they've, had co- they've been co-eternal. That's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for. Co-eternal, okay? So there was a time when there was no creation. There was a time when there were no rocks and no skies and no sun and no people, right? And right now, this is impossibility, but if God ceased to exist or ceased his essence, if God's essence ceased to be, we would all, we would all cease to be yeah. because we are contingent. In him, we have, we, in him we have our being, in him we move, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm mis- mixing that scripture yeah. up. Um, I want to get it right. In him we live and move and have Have our being. There we go. Thank you. Um, And so we are contingent beings. God is the only necessary being. He's the uncreated creator. So that's what I mean by his essence. Okay? Um, His being, his nature, they all share the same. But there's three distinct persons or personas in the Godhead. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the ways this has gone wrong, but it's gone wrong a lot of different ways. We're not saying that God just shows up as three different beings sometimes. Mm. One God, but he shows up as the Son, and then he shows up as the Spirit, and he shows up um, like one God has multiple personality disorder. That's, that's not what we're talking about. That's, he just shows up in different modes. Um, that's, that's a heresy. It's called modalism. T.D. Jakes and... Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah T.D. Jakes is a modalist. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's what they're getting... That's what they're, that's what they're getting at. Um, and then we see here... It says, The Father is of none. Okay? Now this part is super hard to, conf- hard to understand. The Father is of none. Neither begotten nor proceeding. Now they're clarifying that because scripture says that Jesus was the only begotten son of God. And the scripture teaches that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. So another way to say is the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Father, the Son is not the Spirit, the Father is not the Spirit. Okay? They share the same essence, but the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, you get into a lot of problems 
Um, do you have John one fourteen? Yeah, go ahead and read John one fourteen. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, Jesus, the only Son, from the Father. Now, this is this is where you get into some serious debates, um, even in Orthodox theology, Orthodox Reformed theology. Um, when it says that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, now, this is, I'm going to go back to what's called the Arian controversy and the council, I think, of, is it Chalcedon? The council, in the Council of Nicaea in the 4th century, some liberal theologians say, well, they didn't decide Jesus was um, divine until the 4th century at the Council of Nicaea. That's not true. From the day one, immediately they taught Jesus was divine. But in the 4th century, um, this guy, um, well, it's called Arianism, he started teaching that because the scriptures say that Jesus was begotten from the Father, there was a time when Jesus wasn't. And that means he can't be co-eternal with God. So therefore, Jesus can't be God by that logic. Like, my Javin is my only begotten son. Can we help me with begotten? I know that's coming from Psalm 2. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, yeah. I'm having trouble. What's the definition of begotten versus... Well, somebody Google that real quick. Yeah, what, actually, what, I guess Google I already did help. that. What begotten actually means? Because I wow, think it Bryson. just means proceeds mm-hmm. from or like came from a father's okay. loins is what I think. That's about what it was. Okay. Because it was, uh, when, when I was reading that word, I was thinking, could there be a better word for that? Uh, Probably Because I feel not. like the tendency is to think like came from, like created by. Right. Uh, like there's, this, yeah, it's not saying he was... So the first definition is typically of a man, sometimes of a man and woman, bring a child into existence by the process of reproduction. Yes. So they beget a child, but again, that analogy breaks down because technically that child was created and Christ wasn't created. He was begotten. Okay, but it doesn't necessarily break down, and this is why we can use that word, because Jesus was eternally begotten. Begotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. He was begotten in eternity. So there is no time in eternity. Mm -hmm. There was never a time when he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Eternity blows blows our that's, mind, yeah. right? But that's why he was eternally begotten. So he proceeds in that way. He's begotten. That's what the scriptures say. He's begotten of the Father. But the debates, does that mean he's subservient to the Father? Does that mean he's eternally submissive to the Father? No, I don't think it does. But I know there's theologians that dif- differ. I think they're, they're co-eternal in that way. But when Jesus became a man, he took on flesh and he came under submission to the Father Mm -hmm. as his role as the God-man incarnate, okay? And then we we go on from this scripture, or from this text, to see the Son is eternally begotten of the Father. Eternally begotten, okay? The Holy Ghost eternally proceeding from the Father and the Son. Um, this is, did somebody have John fifteen twenty six? But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of the truth, 
who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Okay, so Jesus here says, the helper, the spirit, the paraclete, who I will send and proceeds from the Father. Okay, so here Jesus affirming Trinitarian nature of God, him and the Father, they're one. That's Jesus says this all over John specifically. Him and the Father are one. And um, you've even got, uh, in, in Scripture, you've got people praying to the Father. You've got people praying to Jesus, Stephen. You've got people praying to the Spirit. And so we have an affirmation in Scripture that all three are God in one essence and yet in three distinct persons. Justin, give me an analogy. No, <laughs> I can't do it. Um, Is there even a way that people break that down to, you know, you're the only way I can do it is years old, that's like, what? you can draw, you can look it up online or whatever you can you know the ancients what they would do is they would draw a circle the circle rest uh, the circle uh, is God's essence okay and they would draw a triangle inside the circle okay the Father the Son the Holy Spirit okay all three in essence one God and yet three distinct persons, okay? That's the only analogy that I know of, or picture, or whatever. I'll link a picture in the show notes of what you're talking about. Cool. It's it's really helpful to to look at. Well, someone uses, like, an analogy or or kind of breaks it down as, like, a a bottle, right? You have the container, which is God. Inside, you have the fluids, which is, like, the Holy Spirit, and the the cap is Jesus. Like, breaking that down to a kid, is that completely... Something you shouldn't do? Yeah, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. Because it ain't right. Because how how does that one thing share the same essence? Maybe you could say, well, the essence of a pop bottle or something. You can't because the the inside, the liquid doesn't share the same essence as the the container, right? And people have tried to do like H2O and people have tried to do water, but it can be ice and it can be mist and it can be, but no, it all breaks down. It it doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't work. So... This is the incomprehensibility of God. Now, someone might ask, who cares? <laughs> well, there's a couple, few reasons I think we should, we should care. Number one, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable yeah. for, for us to grow. So if it's there, we need to study it. We need to understand it. But two, here's two things that, I want, that I've been thinking about this past week. And, and for all you guys in this in this room and all the the men, that's just for, for everybody listening to this podcast. The Father, the Father is of none, neither begotten nor proceeding. So in some ways, that means fatherhood is at the center mm. of the universe. Wow. The center of the universe is a father. Now, I say that because there are many in our culture today that try to lessen the importance of fathers. Um, You don't need a father. You could have two moms. Men are just, all you need is a sperm donor. You get a sperm donor and, and, and you're good to go. You can have parents of any makeup you want. But there's something deeply broken about that and deeply out of line 
with the grain of the universe. That there's something about even the way that we are created that hungers for a father. Mm-hmm. And those who have had poor fathers feel it. Those who've had no father, like abandoned father, feel it. And even those who have had great fathers still, they're still, there's, I mean, that relationship to our earthly father is one of the most formative, influential, powerful, reality-shaping influences in our entire life. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't have a good father, you spend much of your life struggling because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so it, it just really, it just it was speaking to me this week of just how important personally for me, being a good father is how much I can keep. Um, I, I can keep my, my kids and my wife and ever away from so many, so much brokenness and so much danger by just reflecting in the best way that I possibly can, the reality of the universe that at this, and I should say this too, at the center of the universe is a good, good father. Yeah. Like a perfect father. Yeah. A holy father, a yep. father that you can trust, a father that never, um, a father that only wills good for us, right? And so, now, now, I hope you don't take offense to that and say, well, and you think somehow that lessens the role of a mother or female. I don't say it does. I've never heard a wife or a woman ever <laughs> say to me, I wish my 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 husband was worse right. <laughs> or was less like God uh, or wish the, the father of my kids was, was a worse father. Um, you know, when you look at the problem of fatherless, honestly, I think one of the greatest problems in our current society and the biggest lies that our cultures tell is fatherhood doesn't matter. When the majority of the men in prison don't have fathers or present they didn't live, they didn't grow up with, with their fathers. The majority of those who are using drugs didn't have a father. The mo- majority of those committing crimes and, and uh, I mean, fatherless affects poverty rates, fatherless affects education rates, fatherless affects income. I mean, and in, so if you didn't have a father or you had a poor one, ev- you're negatively affected by that. Now, it's mm-hmm. not determinative, you know, mm-hmm. you can figure out ways to find surrogate fathers, to find other men in your life to take that role, and God himself can come into your life and heal that. But um, we shouldn't buy into this cultural lie that um, a child can have two mommies and that's somehow um, good enough. It's not. Mm-hmm. Fatherhood's at the center of the universe, and every child... And, and you know, I, I, I know science has enabled us to harvest, uh, you know semen and things like that and, and implant, but you, it's still a physical impossibility for, for a child not to have a father. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So science is, science is speaking to this and scripture of course speaks to it. The fatherhood is at the center of the universe. And can so you, can you ahead. speak to like, so that's, that's obviously unique to Christianity uh, God being father, can you speak to the kind of the contrast that to maybe some other larger religions who have something, you know, 
a different type of God at the center of, of their religion? And how is that? Like, what's, I guess, we, I guess as a Christian, I can see, like, this is, this is really good news that we have a father. Mm-hmm. How, but how is that, um, you know, versus a God who's just, I guess, sort of a, maybe a moral monster or someone who's well, just... Well, I, so I, I think, technically... Um, the Jewish faith would say the same yeah. thing and possibly Islam might say the same thing though I don't think they would say he's he's they say he's good but in a in a very different in a different very different way he's 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 really cruel in mm-hmm. in Islam he's he's a cruel dictator um that promotes the murdering of his enemies. I mean, and it just literally wants to take over. So our father is a gracious father. Um, Islam, Allah, is not gracious in any way. There is nothing but the law. Yeah. Um, and he's a, he's a brutal, vicious God, capricious. Um, but one of the other religions that say God is just kind of a... Um, amorphous spirit, Buddhism, Buddhism and Hindu. He takes all these different forms and he's a spirit. He can be all these different things. There's no particularity there. How do you have a relationship with just a, a thing? Yeah. You know, it, it looks like, you know, like um, in Hinduism, all the different gods and all these different shapes and forms. And it's, it's just very weird. Yeah. It's just polytheism. It's just very weird. But, the uniqueness of, and I think you're going to, so with Christianity, it is distinct against um, um, Jewish religion and Islam because you you see in the work of the New Testament, you see, again, the particularity of he's a gracious, loving, yeah. kind father that actually sent his own son mm-hmm. to die for us. Or in the parable of the the two prodigal the two prodigal sons and the loving father, you get a picture of what God yeah. is and His Absolutely. nature. He pursues the, the the rebel son that runs off. He runs out there and wraps his arm around him, and he still gives grace even to the legalistic proud son. That God is a God that really loves His people and pursues them and gives them grace mm-hmm. um, if they would only turn from their sins. So, um, yeah, I think it just it puts it puts a face on the spirit of God, you know, like he's a loving, gracious, kind father. Now I know if you had a poor father, if you had a hurtful father, if you had an abusive father, that that can be difficult. It can, that can be a difficult uh, reality to get around. Um, but the, the painful realities of an abusive father only proves the rule of the need of a good father. Yeah. You know, cause there's nothing more damaging to a person than the abandonment of a father or the abuse of a father. And that, that just proves the rule that the, the power that a father holds, mm-hmm. a father's looks, mm-hmm. a father's words, a father's touch, um, a father's embrace, right? Like all of these things are powerful in the life of, of a child. A, a father's even attitude and attention. Um, a child grows up. If a child doesn't know that they're loved and doted on by their father, 
they grow up looking for that attention somewhere else. Yeah. You know? So what do you, what do you say to that, uh, that, that kid that grew up without a father or his father abandoned? Should he, like, seek after that from, you know, pieces of that that you were just saying from a mentor or someone that is a um, someone that is in the faith and then also that person points them to Christ but yeah. is that good for that person to have that? Or? Yeah, for sure. But there's, I would say there's appropriate ways and there's inappropriate ways. <clears throat> I think first and foremost you have to search the fatherhood of God like search the scriptures and, and let God father you and let God heal some of those wounds. Mm-hmm that he's the only father that will never leave you, never forsake you, never do anything. Like he literally, everything he's working out for your good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's watching over you and protecting you. And, um, and then in appropriate ways, yeah, you should seek out other men to learn masculinity from, to, uh, you know, a pastor who could um, be an example to you. Yeah. yeah. But there's, you know, Yeah, and, and I'm just saying appropriate ways because there's inappropriate ways to fill your father hunger, you know? there's very, You can go to hyper-masculinity route and you have to, you know, get in fights and gangbang and, and you have to do all that to feel like like you're a man. And then there's um, homosexual homosexual route where you've you've um, you lack the affection of a father and so you pursue... Um, that affection in other men and it's it's actually pretty astonishing you know over the past decade or so of sitting in a missional community with people and listening to their stories if it's not the thing it's close to the central thing in their story that as soon as they bring up their father you can kind of see how the rest of their story in in a sense plays out and there's usually some sort of wound there that has dictated a lot of behaviors and patterns um yeah, and and to see how that that relationship, yeah, just has shaped decisions for good or for ill in their in their life. Yeah, it's so true. It's become a cliche. Yeah, and you know, um, you know, it's it's men and women have daddy issues, right? And it plays out in it can play out in a lot of different ways, from the from the girl who needs the has to have the attention of men so she's wearing you know super short shorts super 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 short you know whatever super revealing tops she's posting all this stuff on social media um i mean she's thirsty she's thirsty mm-hmm. for a fa- for a father's affection and father's love and um and it's it's a, it's it's a cliche that strippers and porn stars and all these um, a lot of times come from broken homes with, yeah. with a jacked up relationship with the fathers. Not always, I'm not saying it's always, yeah. but a lot of the times it's, it is, yeah. you know? And it's, it's because God is a father and he's at the center of the universe. Yeah. And so our relationship to him first and foremost is primary, but then our relationship to our own fathers is that, that important and that formative mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I would. I also want to go on and say my the second observation that I would say why we should care about this, is, the father isn't the only one, at the center of the universe, he is the only one that's not begotten and, and doesn't come from anywhere, but he, or doesn't proceed from anywhere, but we also have the son who's the, oh, eternally begotten, and we have the spirit, 
which proceeds from both the Father and the Son. And that shows us also that relationships and community mm. is at the center of the universe. You know, So we're, we're also made for community. We're made to be known. We're made to be loved. We're made to be in relationship with people. Um, this is why um, being locked down in COVID is yeah. so damaging to the human person. Um, because we're meant to be in community. We're meant to be, we're meant to know God in community. We're meant to know each other in community. And, um, and that's, that's how we, that's how we're made. That's why when Adam was made, God said, it is not good. That man should be alone. Mm -hmm. And he made a woman for him. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and, and so this is just kind of my thoughts through this and I'm really kind of seeking correction if I'm wrong. But that's kind of the, the good news and why the Trinity and, and the doctrine of the Trinity is so important because there's not just the essence of a good father at the center of the universe, but there's the essence of the Son and the God-man who came and gave us a route back to the Father and then the Spirit who dwells with us to make us more like the Son. And like that. And the Spirit who regenerates us. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the Spirit who regenerates us. So, you know, um, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th that's what it is. So the, the, again, that's how we see the how good of a father we have at the center of the universe and the work of this triune God that all three of them are necessary to save us and to get us back into the essence, get us back into the center of the universe, get us back into the Godhead, right? Like not that we're ever going to be God, but we're going to get to know them. We're going to get to see them. Um, we're going to get to be with them. But it takes all three. It takes the Father ordaining and predestining all things. It takes the Son living the perfect life and, and dying a substitutionary death on the cross. And it takes the Holy Spirit sent from the Father to convict us of our sin, to regenerate our hearts, to bring about repentance and, and to give us faith and to seal the work of salvation in our soul, in our, in our heart. So yeah, all three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all essential for, for our salvation and for us to ultimately know our heavenly father in a in a good and gracious way mm -hmm. and not as just a wrathful god who's going to come against us because of our sins mm -hmm. so i hope um you listeners at home i hope this maybe sparks some thoughts some questions some ideas you can email me at justin dean at sacredcitychurch.com but i also hope it provoked some worship that um we are the only religion in the history of the world to have a triune God, yeah. a God who is diverse. And that's another thing we could talk. We could have talked <laughs> about today. Oh, yeah. Diversity in unity. You know, he's, they're united in their diversity, so they can be diverse, but they can be united in one. So we could never, we could never hit the bottom of the Trinity. We could just keep going round and round about it. So, hope this was a blessing to you guys. Uh, like us on your podcast app please it helps other people find us share us on facebook and we will talk to you soon god bless